Welcome to Killing Kayfabe, everybody. My name is Mark, and my co-host's name is Chris. Chris, how you doing? What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day. So, what we plan to do here, guys, is give everyone a little bit more of an interactive podcast. We want people to be engaged. We want to put up polls. We want to hear from you guys on what you want us to talk about. Our plan is to obviously touch the larger promotions out there you have the wwe aew we'll even throw impact in there new japan pro wrestling we'll try to touch base on everything when it is noteworthy i can't promise you that i'm going to talk about new japan every week with chris i can't promise you that every week we're going to talk about the independent scene because that is something that we do feel very strongly about that we need to cover killing kayfabe was created earlier this year And our focus was really pushing the independent scene for professional wrestling. Since COVID, the independent scene has drastically fallen off. So sadly, there's not a whole lot of noteworthy news on a weekly basis for the independent scene. So we can't promise you guys you're going to hear about it every week. But what I do want you guys to do is hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash killingkfabe. Hit us up on Twitter, at kfabekilling. And we also have a YouTube channel, which you could find at our Facebook page or Twitter. Guys, follow us. Check us out. Subscribe. Like. Share. Do everything you can to get the word out there. Because at the end of the day, we're all professional wrestling fans. And the thing is, is that, guys, without our opinions being shared between each other in the wrestling community, all of this means nothing. So going forward tonight, let's start talking about the Thunderdome, Chris. All right. What you want to get started with? Well, I... I feel like the Thunderdome is a great concept, but also a terrible idea at the same time. Uh, you're seeing people oh. you're seeing people take advantage of this concept very early on. I mean, we have seen people dressed up in KKK outfits. We have seen an execution, fire Velveteen Dream. I mean, that's I, I do believe that he probably should be fired amid, amidst his allegations, but. That's besides. Well, obviously, he's still there, so maybe there wasn't enough evidence to support it. Now, I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying he's innocent, but not really because Enzo was fired. So there's got to be some kind of fate there between him and the company. I think in the court of public opinions, no matter what company you are, if you have somebody who could possibly be registered as a child predator. You probably should cut ties with him, but this is that we could take this up at another time. We're seeing. I agree with Joe Ryan scenario. Exactly. Now I've also started to see photos come up of like GCW. A GCW logo showed up in the Thunderdome. How long is it going to be before an AEW wrestler decides to hop on Zoom and show up in on Raw or SmackDown or a pay per view? I mean, we saw tanks during the Monday Night Wars outside of a Nitro taping. How long is it going to be before one of these guys invade Monday Night Raw? I mean, it's honestly, it's only a matter of time. Look back a couple months ago. Dean Ambrose, or should I say John Moxley, showed up on a live feed behind his wife, Renee Young, with the AEW title. So, I mean, anyone's guess to when that's going to happen next. I mean, think about it. He could do it. Joey Janela could do it. And you know what? Unfortunately... This is why we can't have nice things, because all these people are putting these images up. How long does somebody do does a lewd act? 
on camera. Something is going to happen that's really going to probably tear this Thunderdome down. Someone's going to leak pornography on there. Someone is going to put something on there that Vince McMahon is finally going to say, this is enough, I'm done. There's no more of this going forward. It was a great idea, but I can't do it anymore. Look, you, you, have, you have millions of people around the world, probably billions at this point, that you... Not to mention children. That you need to have... That you are accountable for at the end of the day. You are putting this in front of them. As much as the Monday Night Wars were great, the Attitude Era, that time is behind us. I'm sorry, everybody. The Attitude Era is not coming back. This is not, that is not the society that we are in today. We cannot have... Well, people get their feelings hurt. Exactly. I mean, people people do get their feelings hurt. But as society is today with where we are looking, the Attitude Era is not going to happen. At that time in our society, the Attitude Era was perfect. It made sense. Going forward in 2020... Well, narrative. But in 2020, it does not make sense. feel that, that they tried their best at bringing a fan experience in because what the reports are saying is that the Amway Center had told Vince McMahon, you can record here until sometime in October, but there's to be no fans in the building at all. Right at the same time that fans were starting to be allowed at Daly's Place in Jacksonville for the AEW Dynamite tapings. At 10% capacity. So they went ahead and did this Thunderdome concept. Was it a great concept? Absolutely. It looks great. I mean, oh, I agree. Great concept, just unfortunately for execution i mean the visual of it is excellent when you see that on television it really does add to it i don't like the way the audio sounds in the background i think it's very muffled and instead of cheering like i've seen videos on twitter and online of them you know giving the cues like if anyone has ever been to a live wwe show they tell you they give you yeah. a, or even an aew show like you know they give you the countdowns they tell you get hype clap cheer boo whatever you know, they're doing the same thing online, but that doesn't really register over to the crowd, I feel, on the Thunderdome. I, I don't think it sounds good. It looks great, but I do think it sounds a little weird and a little off, and I think that was one of the things we were really missing as fans watching it, was not even the fact of seeing people in the crowd, but more of the reactions. I mean, I can, I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that, but if you look at it, when wrestling had no fans at all before Thunderdome, it was very sterile. It just wasn't the same. It didn't give you that that same vibe professional wrestling always did. At least this is kind of a, kind of like normal, or at least a step towards normal. It's better. But I agree, and I agree with what you just said, that, you know, it doesn't give you the same feeling, but hey, at least it's close. I just don't think that going forward we're going to see it for very long or in a different capacity. Well, not, not if people keep doing this nonsense, we're not. But how can they possibly moderate? I mean, it looks like there's several hundred of those Zoom calls in there at one time. How could they possibly moderate it all, especially with all the calls they have to call in the ring to the ref? They have to do the time cues. They have to do all the commercial breaks. How can they possibly monitor all of them? And that's how all these things are leaking through. I mean, I saw earlier that they really that WWE released a statement that they do not condone the behavior of the man in the Ku Klux Klan outfit or the video of that, and they they have no nothing to do with it. They're looking into it to get them banned. I mean, you're gonna have a lot more of this, and now that people are seeing this online, there's gonna be a lot more people doing this stupid stuff, and it's going to probably just end everything on the Thunderdome completely. Well. With, with the banning situation, now, I don't know about you, 
but I have more than one computer in my house. So if they ban one computer, what's to say I can't just go on my wife's and do the same thing over again? I mean, that's what I do with Jim Cornette. And myself. I don't really use my regular account anymore anyway just because it's so old. I don't care about half the things I see on there. But yeah, Jim Cornette had me blocked on there from four years ago. So I have a newer account that I, I made. Yeah, well, he's he's different. I, I, oh, I, I don't want to get into the topic of Jim Cornette right now. That, that can be at a different time, but I cannot. If there, if there was a moral and emotionally opposite of who I am, his name would be Jim Cornette. I think... Now, I, I, I mean, personally, I love Cornette. Corny, don't rip me. Rip I, Mark. I don't care. If, Mark. I don't care if he ripped me. He's he's ripped me before, and I I mean I fired back to to him. It's nothing. I mean, who am I to him? Look, I'm an outsider. I've never been in the business. I'm not claiming to know things. I'm not claiming to know this business at all. But what I am claiming is that I pay tickets to go see wrestling live. I buy merchandise. I pay for a network, and I think that I'm entitled to an opinion. And at the end of the day, if I shoot my opinion at you and you don't like it, you can block me. You can shoot one back at me. I can take it. But for some reason, Jim Cornette, when things get a little bit too hostile in his environment, he feels that he needs to go ahead and really just slam the door in somebody's face and to make sure to give them the proverbial middle finger while he's doing it. And then he decides to go on his podcast and rip into people for doing it. I'm sorry. Don't say stupid stuff on YouTube for the NWA. and Maybe you'd still have a job there. God. Once again, send your eight tweets to Mark. Not me. Well, it's fine. So, <laughs> let's talk about what happened on Dynamite on Saturday night. Uh, I don't know. Who, right. I don't know who has seen the match yet, and I don't even know if you can call it a match. But Mr. Brody Lee and Cody for the TNT Championship. More like destruction. <sighs> yeah, but I liked it. I really felt. Oh, I agree. I really felt that it did more for Brody Lee than it did for Cody. I don't think it hurt Cody at all. Because well, no, considering he's going to be going and filming a TV series now. But even, but even if he wasn't, I mean, the man only lost on Dynamite one time this year, uh, up until now. He really took it and pushed forward with this title to make it something, and he did a great job with it. But now I feel well. Title aside, title aside, Cody is really since he's left WWE, he's really coming to his own. You know. Honestly, I don't know how he did it. He made that Stardust character work. And he made it work damn good. But since he's left, he's really coming to his own. He's shown what he really can do. And I think I, mean, I think Cody was Cody held I think Cody was held back the entire time though because I think this was Cody all along. It's just now he has no leash and he went forward with it. He's his father's son, same as Dustin. And both great workers. They're excellent. Both. They're excellent well, workers. Obviously, Dusty as well. They're excellent workers, and I hate to see things that you know that you see Dustin Rhodes put on Twitter like, "Oh, I might be fifty, but I still got it, guys. I don't need your guys to tell me that I don't have it or anything like that. I know I still got it." The guy's a Hall of Famer. There, there's no, oh, hands down. there's no denying that. Yeah, he had a lot of personal demons in his past, but he is a Hall of Famer, and I think you now know what? lots of credit for him overcoming those. And I think now that him and Cody are together again, it's really just rejuvenated Cody in a lot of ways. Yes, they were together in the WWE, but they were so held back on everything that they did 
that it was not. Well, they were regulated to the mid card. It's just they were, Cody would never have been a world champion or even a main event talent in the world of Vince McMahon ever. But we're getting off topic. Let's get back to Dynamite and Dynamite. Brody Lee just utterly destroyed Cody in a matter of minutes, and then proceeded to have the dark oh. o- the Dark Order take out the entire Nightmare family all the way down to Brandy Rhodes. And I thought that it was excellent. Well, I felt. Oh that, no, it was phenomenal. It was a great match. I, I felt that it was excellent. I, it was great storytelling. I think it's going to really push things forward from here. I, I kind of like how you don't see the elite coming out to help Cody because the Nightmare family has kind of become their own between QT Marshall and Dustin, Brandy. And I really feel that they've kind of separated themselves from the Elite, which they kind of needed to do because I'm sorry, I'm kind of tired of seeing the same old stuff with the Elite. I'm tired of seeing the same old shtick from being the Elite just brought over to television every week. And I feel that there needs to be a change there, such as even in the six-man tag on Dynamite. I just... It's the same old song and dance over and over and over again that we've seen from the elite for two years now. And I think that can we just say that it's about time Brody Lee got his due. The guy's a great worker. He, and again, he was regulated to the tag team division where he yeah, they won tag titles, but he is great in the ring. Well that that's that's the point I was getting at, is that it's it's different than what we're seeing with the rest of the program, because you're having the same thing every week with, you know, the Bucks and Kenny. You're having the same thing every week with Jurassic Express. Well, what? With Kenny, I think they're not using him as full potential, but that's that's my opinion. Kenny needs to turn heel and separate himself from the Elite. And, and they've been 100%. and they've been teasing Hangman turning since February, and it is the worst possible thing that Kenny they can needs do. To turn. Yeah, Kenny, you're you're right. Kenny needs <laughs> to turn. I mean, the crowd loves Hangman. Brody Lee has really come forward as one of the guys that, over the last you know year and a half, two years, that have gotten their release from WWE or left or whatever. And out of all of those guys that have left and women that have left. The only one, other, and I can't even say Moxley, because I don't feel like Moxley has been a very credible world champion. Yes, he had to take time off because his wife had COVID and everything, but he is not, in my opinion, a very credible AEW world champion. He's not. I'm any- not. I've, I've never been big on Moxley, um, and you know I get it. With we're we're pushing Brody Lee right now, but we're gonna have people that say. Oh, he only won it because the next WWE guy. Well, when you look at the fact of the matter is, how many big companies are there anymore? There's always going to be a guy that has come from WWE. Well, I mean, it's hard to say that. I mean, you you have a lot of up-and-coming guys that that don't have their roots implanted in WWE at all. I mean, yeah. I know, but there's always that narrative that, oh, they only pushed him because he's a I mean, I mean, we, we all the time on the internet. I mean, on our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash killing we did the same thing for the longest time. We would see, you know, like in April when that mass exodus happened of talent, we immediately started put, putting up memes of Cody Rhodes saying, hey, gotta go. Another another WWE superstar got the release today. <laughs> and it's funny, but it's, it is the truth in a lot of companies is when these guys get cut immediately. Oh, he's going to AEW. He's going to Impact. He's going to New Japan. You know, he's going down to AAA in Mexico. It's like 
there's a lot of guys now that have kind of resurfaced, and you're going to see more surface here soon. I'm sure Mike Bennett will be going back to Ring of Honor. But I feel that out of all of these guys and girls that got cut from WWE or left WWE in the last two years, the one that has really made the biggest splash out of all of them, in my opinion, is Brody Lee. Because you saw him as this guy that talked very little in WWE didn't really get to see a lot of his talent in the ring because he was always kind of held back and when he was pushed away from the Wyatt family for a little while you got crap like the Bludgeon Brothers or you he was in a tag team with Rowan oh. and you you now are finally starting to see him as his own potential and look Brody Lee was on the independent circuit for years before and you didn't get to see that ring work that he possesses in the WWE. That he knew that he's always had. You didn't get to see that charisma in the WWE. Because as he even stated on a Jericho podcast. and I'm probably misquoting him here. But he did say something along the lines of. Vince McMahon didn't see me as a man from Rochester, New York. He saw me as a backwoods hillbilly because of the way I looked. I feel that he is the only one out of this mass group that has left. That has really made a huge splash somewhere. And I think that finally this week on Dynamite, it kind of cemented that because Cody didn't get one ounce of offense in. And by them letting Brody Lee just do that, pull the Brock Lesnar treatment over Cody, he really cemented this as, hey, you have this title that you have made into something that has actually meant more than the world title over the last several months on Dynamite. And yeah, it's time for you to drop it, but it's falling into good hands and it's going to stay strong because we played this off in a way that it's not going to hurt Cody, it's not going to hurt the title, it's going to do nothing but cement Brody Lee and cement the Dark Order because there was a lot of hype before Brody Lee was named the leader of the Dark Order. And when he got named the leader of the Dark Order, I feel like he kind of, they kind of lost its mystique a little bit because I feel that people were having more fun guessing who the leader was for a while than who the leader actually was and then when they saw it was him they were like oh it's luke harper another cult great you know real original guys but he has really kind of come full circle over the last couple months and especially over the past week of hey i'm here to stay and i'm here to play and i there's gonna be nobody stopping me now no i can agree with what you said you know, when he did come in, it was, to a lot of people, underwhelming. It's like, oh, it's it's Luke Harper, Brody Lee joining the Dark Order. Oh, we're going to get the same thing as the Wyatt family. Exactly. It wasn't, um, it wasn't Jericho. it turned out totally different. It wasn't Jericho walking out to a podium at a press conference and saying, I'm all in with all Lee. You know, it wasn't this huge yeah. hype. It was, oh, it's Luke Harper. Well, it was almost... It was almost expected, honestly. I mean, at the end, I think everyone expected that it was going to be Luke Harper. Um, but, I yeah. I mean, his work has just been phenomenal. And honestly, most weeks when I do watch Dynamite, I really kind of just am tuning in at this point to see, one, if Kenny Omega turned heel, and two, what's Brody Lee doing this week? And honestly, the third was what was going on with Cody in the TNT Championship because I love the fact that all of these indie guys were getting shots of this company. Warhorse. That kid can go. I've I've watched him on YouTube, his matches that I can find over the last year a lot. But now that Brody Lee's a champion, do you think that open challenge will continue? I think they're going to die it down some. I don't think that... I think they're going to make this out to be more of like, instead of Cody being, oh, I'm going to face all comers, 
you're going to see Brody Lee kind of pull the typical heel, the heel card and being, oh, no. Well, that's unfortunate. I, you know, I, I loved it for the fact that you had guys like Warhorse show up. You had guys like Eddie Kingston show up. And, yeah, exactly. Eddie Kingston's phenomenal. And I think that it really is giving guys an opportunity. I would have loved to see Danhausen fight Cody. And I don't. If you guys have not seen Danhausen, you need to YouTube Danhausen because his in-ring work is getting there, but his mic skills are almost unparalleled right now, and his character development is excellent. Guys, YouTube Danhausen. And you know what? I know he was on Dark, but I would have loved to see Brian Pillman Jr. Get in the ring with Cody. I love Brian Pillman. I love Brian Pillman Jr. I just feel like a lot of people who don't really uh, have seen a lot of his work in MLW just well watch some of those matches because you know what he's still green but the kid can go. He's got a lot of his father in him. He's very good, and I think that's where people kind of really tune into him. Is that oh his last name is Pillman? They didn't see him in MLW. I'm happy he's away from Teddy Hart, and I think well, he's toxic. He's very toxic, and I think that now that Pillman is out on his own, he could really do something with himself and show who he really is. I think he needed that mentorship coming in, and he got it from Teddy when Teddy's head was fine. But now that he's kind of got his feet a little wet, he can kind of see where the ocean takes him on this one because he's very good, and I think people that just buy into him because his last name is Pillman, oh, I'm a big fan of him. His dad was excellent. You know, It doesn't rely on that. You can't just assume that he's going to be great because his dad was great, but the kid can go. And I love that he's following in his father's footsteps. And I, I really, if you ever look at it, you watch his match, look at his trunks. He honors the Hart Foundation, not just his dad, but Davey as well. I mean, kid honors his heritage. So... Let's move off of the whole dynamite situation here for a few minutes, and let's talk about. Um, All right. I, I let's talk about one thing from SummerSlam that I think everyone has been discussing over the last twenty-four hours very heavily. We reported on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Killing Kayfabe. Yesterday. Roman's new teeth. <laughs> no, we we reported that there was word going around within the WWE before it was announced that this Sunday at Payback, Roman Reigns is going to be put into a triple threat match for the Universal title with Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. How do you feel about this, And that's made official now. It is official now. And how do you feel about this, Chris? Personally, I I like the match. I do. But I'm conflicted because I really enjoy the Fiend character. I, I'm, I'm stuck in the middle because I look at it two ways. One, I don't want The Fiend to drop the title so quickly. It might, you know, damage him. But in the same breath, look at The Undertaker. How many times was The Undertaker a transitional champion? And mostly we don't remember The Undertaker for his title reigns. I think the um, I think the fiend was really looked at as very different in the beginning, and I think that people are really tuning in to see what was this fiend character, what was he going to do next, or whatever. And he's then, got a strong following. And then when he got to the big one, I I always discuss the same thing with Dean Ambrose in the WWE. 
is that it was more fun to watch him chase the title than to actually have the title. And I'm a Wyatt fan, but I, I feel the same thing that I did about Ambrose or Moxley, is that it was more fun and entertaining to watch them get to the big one and then lose, and I'm coming back that much harder the next time, and you got this next several months of big you know, build again. I felt it was more fun for me when they didn't have it. And then when they do have it, I feel a lot of mystique is has gone missing. I, the Fiend is good. I just don't... I feel the Fiend has done too much now as this big heel character. So where does he go from here? Does he hold the title and continue on the path he's going as the next possible Undertaker? Or is he somebody that goes in, turns face, and has a whole new plethora of workers to go against? I think if the Fiend turns face, he loses a lot of his aura. I mean, think but, about it. But well, that I mean, type of character. Did it hurt the Undertaker? No. I mean, I I can't compare Wyatt to the Undertaker. Obviously, I no, I don't think there is another no, Undertaker. No. But I mean, there. If a lot of people are speaking. Uh, with Wyatt in the same breath these days as The Undertaker. He is this next odd aura that we have, this dark side aura. Remember remember a couple years ago when he fought The Undertaker, they were billing Wyatt on their own merchandise as the new face of fear. That was before The Fiend. But do do you really think that it's going to hurt him to turn face? I don't know if it would necessarily hurt him, but I think for me it would ruin some of that mystique and aura because, well, I guess we'll have to see. But right now, all we see is the fiend just perpetrate these terrible acts to people. Does it hurt the fiend to drop the title this Sunday to Roman Reigns? I don't think it would hurt him in the long run. In the short run, it might, as long as he keeps, they keep this character up and they don't drop it and repackage Wyatt yet again, I don't think it'll hurt him in the long run, but in the short run, he'll lose momentum. And of course, there'll be those fans that go, oh, Roman's back again. Time to put the belt on him. Squeeze that narrative. What happens in between, though? Because you have somebody who, if Roman takes the title, obviously Wyatt gets the rematch. Honestly, what I would like to see is I would like to see the Fiend retain. But what, where and then did... have Roman chase him for the title and then eventually win it. I think there's a potential great storyline between them. I mean, think about it. Back, how many, what was it, two years ago? Anyone but you, Roman, tie in with that story, and I think they can build further upon that. Does Roman turn heel? You know, look like it, unless they're just going to build him as, you know, a... Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, do you, but, I mean, his action certainly didn't speak face. So do you personally think that Roman Reigns turned heel? Uh, I would like to say yes, but knowing Vince McMahon, I no. Don't, I don't think in the slightest that he turned heel. I think they, I think they played it very well with him coming through the crowd and or whatever it is now. He came through the monitors and attacked Wyatt, and no one saw it coming, and... He had this. He looked real strong. You know, he beat him up, and then Hashtag, you'll never see it coming. Yeah, and then he, you know, he mouthed off to Strowman after he speared him, and it made him look really good. And I think it was just all hype. Based on what you just said, 
there's rumors going around that a lot of people think Roman's the leader of retribution. Nice. Possibility? No. I, I, I don't see it. I just don't. I mean, why? Why? Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Why tie, why tie retribution to Roman? I see people saying it's CM Punk. Why tie retribution to CM Punk? Listen, CM Punk, if he was ever to return, do you really think he'll return without a live crowd? Come on. No. But, I mean... I mean, I, why, waste, why waste that pop? Honestly... The hype was cool for N- NWO 2020. It was cool there for a little while. The first two episodes was like, oh, who is this? And now I just don't care anymore. Unless they really pull... Can, can we be honest? It's not making the impact they hope. No, it's garbage. It's absolutely garbage. I don't cool. think that. I don't think it's entertaining. I don't really care. And what, to be at the end of it where you're going to have six or seven guys in this group and say, hey, we're, we're the new Nexus. We're... For, the rumors from what I heard is that it's going to be a bunch of guys that were pretty much either furloughed or they were brought back after this whole mass firing in the beginning of this year. And Minus the Good Brothers. Shout out to the Good Brothers. You guys rock. But apparently it's supposed to be a bunch of them that are supposedly coming back and they're going to get an opportunity to showcase themselves, I'm sure, at a less smaller contract and all of that. And look, that would be okay. That would be a little bit better for me, and I can understand that a little bit more than it being Roman Reigns as the leader or CM Punk as the leader. I just don't care that much anymore hey, either. Before before we get going on other things, you asked me, what is your take on the match coming at Payback? I think it was billed, if I'm correct, was a false count anywhere match. I think you're going to see some pretty. Out- I believe so. I think you're going to see some of those pretty outlandish stuff. I mean, you've got the monster among men and the fiend and the big dog. You know, th- you're going to see you're going to see a bunch of guys trying to one up each other, and at the end of what's it, the, what's the over under? What's the over under on flipped ambulances? <laughs> I I think at the end of the night, Roman is walking away with the belt. I think you're going to see Wyatt as a transitional champion. I think you're going to see a feud between Roman and Wyatt going forward. Strowman was a placeholder until Roman came back. When Roman came back, they immediately... Is this this Strowman's rematch? I think so. I think that's probably what they're going to bill it as. Is that, hey, Strowman is is technically a number one contender because he deserves a rematch. Roman is technically a number one contender because he didn't compete at WrestleMania. So we're giving it to both of them now. And so the only one that could possibly compete for it again is Wyatt. And honestly, who really cares about a Roman Reigns-Braun Strowman match one-on-one? That's melatonin right So, there. So what do you do? You put the title on somebody who is more entertaining, better in the ring, better on the mic, such as Wyatt, than Strowman. You get Strowman out of the picture by losing this Sunday, and you don't have to worry about him competing anymore, and he can go go become a heel again. And then you start to build a program between Roman and Wyatt again, except this time it's a little bit different, and hell, maybe you'll actually see some heelish actions come out of Roman Reigns, because kind of like what Wyatt did with Cena at WrestleMania in the Funhouse match, Kind of showed that other side of what Cena could be. Maybe he would start kind of, gotcha. maybe kind of start tempting Roman a little bit to turn heel. I don't know. I I just think that anyone who is hoping that Wyatt wins on Sunday is probably going to be very disappointed. 
I mean, he if he does win, I see Roman being the champion again with or within a month. I don't I don't think Wyatt's going to hold the belt very long. Which is unfortunate because, I mean, let's face it, he works really really hard, and he's great at what he does. He really is. He's he's an excellent worker. I just feel that a lot of the times when I see him chasing the title, it's kind of like I, I find that more entertaining than him actually having the title. Unlike Randy Orton, where honestly I think Randy Orton having the title is more entertaining than him not having the title and chasing it. I think that there's just certain guys that need to be put in that main event picture on a consistent basis, whether it be for a belt or not. And... I feel like there's certain guys that are just kind of being pushed into that main event, kind of like Keith Lee last night. Keith Lee immediately came onto the scene. After... It didn't make any sense to me. Not be... a good it didn't make any sense to me because McIntyre Orton had this whole thing and he got kicked in the head twice, which Randy Orton missed two terrible punk kicks. They looked horrible. Totally missed. It was, it was bad. And then you have Keith Lee come out and, I'm standing up for my brother and all of this, and people are freaking about his. Well, what backstory do they have? None. They're saying that they were really good friends, uh, yeah. and that's it. But people are freaking out about his entrance music. I'm sorry, guys. His entrance music it had to be changed because of this whole issue between the new music licensing that the WWE is going through since they're away from, I CFO. believe, yeah, CFO. So, instead of them paying outrageous amounts of money on a weekly basis, they said, hey, we'd really like it if you go ahead and switch over. So, he did. Because, uh, from what I'm reading, the superstars apparently have the right to choose whether they switch over or not. And, obviously, I'm and sure... Keith Lee, I read the report, Keith Lee okayed it. Yeah, I, and I'm sure that, you know, there's just some guy... Some guys are like, whatever, it's not that big of a deal. While other guys, apparently, are saying this is... I don't like this new music at all. I want nothing to do with it. I'm sticking with the old stuff. So, hey, if you have that much right in the company, you don't you don't have a lot of say in a lot of other things, from what I hear. So, if you can at least now, Mark, yeah. are you sold on Keith Lee? No, not at all. I think that he's had some good he's had some good showings. I think he did better stuff on the indie circuit than he did in NXT. I think that he is very athletic, especially for his size. I think that he has oh, yeah. he has the potential to be a very big player. You know, you saw him last year at Survivor Series with Roman and everything, and he looked good. He was a he was the only one that gave Brock Lesnar any kind of chance in the Rumble. Which I, I mean, he's very McIntyre. Yeah, he's he's very athletic. He's very good. He he knows how to use his weight for power in the situations that he does because he he does the typical. You know, he's look he's he's a heavyweight. I'm not. I'm not making fun of the guy. He's a heavyweight. You look at him. You know he's a heavyweight. So he knows when to use no, his. He needs to. He knows when to use the weight moves to his advantage, such as when they're in the corner. They do the big old, you know, splash in the corner with the two hands around the head. He knows. He knows when to do the heavyweight moves. He also knows when to hit the moonsault. He knows when to do the right moves at the right time. He know he's very agile, and I think that he's very good. I just don't think that he has sold me on a program with Randy Orton quite yet. And that's what we're getting at Payback, is Keith Lee and Randy Orton. But you know what? Randy's a veteran. What, who better to go in the ring with than a guy like Randy Orton to make you look good? Yeah, but put Keith Lee in the ring with somebody like, I don't know, Apollo Cruz. Is he going to look as good? 
terrible. Absolutely terrible. So they're going to bring up a guy that they're looking at as, oh, he's going to he's going to be a next big star possibly, so let's put him in with Randy so that way the eyeballs that are on him that don't watch NXT on a weekly basis can say this guy is, is something. You know, he's he's calling out Orton on his first night. You know, he Orton did that, but he tried to punch him, and he caught his hand, that stupid gimmick, and it's terrible. It pushed it. It, it was horrible. Hor- I mean, yeah. and then or- Orton's trying to sell the facial expressions, and I'm just... It kinda, was painful to watch. I'm just kind of laughing, and I'm like, you know, this is this is pretty bad. It doesn't work when they do the stupid old gimmicks of, you know, the power and everything. It's not the days of Hogan anymore. Where, oh, I'm what ri- are you talking about, brother? I'm, uh, I'm ripping off my t-shirt, and I'm, I'm so strong, <laughs> and oh, we're going to do the test of strength, and I'm going to win every... It's stupid, so... You get it, Keith Lee. You're a strong guy. You know you're a big dude, but I'm not really sold that you caught Randy Orton's hand just like that, and Orton was writhing in pain. I, I don't, I don't like well, it. Well, maybe, maybe working with Orton will help him grow in his character. I mean, it probably will. But what happens after Orton? Because Orton's obviously going to go right back into a match with McIntyre. I mean, Keith Lee will probably beat Randy Orton at Payback. I really do think he will. Especially because McIntyre will probably show up. What happens after Orton? Very possible. What happens? Are you going to put him up against Rollins? Ooh, I don't know. We'll have to call Bruce Pritchard. I'm, I, I'm, I'm really sick of this Mysterio thing, too. I really am. I think they should just turn Dominic <laughs> against his father at this point and join Rollins and move forward with it. I'm sick of it. The eye for an eye match. dragged on. The eye for an eye match was terrible. It's a stupid gimmick. I mean, it was a good way to get Dominic into the situation he is now as a performer on TV every week now. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think that he is his father's. He has. I don't think that he has his father's natural ability. I oh, think, of course he does. You saw him do the frog splash. Eddie Guerrero did the frog splash. I, I was. I was. I was pretty happy with that. I, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. But for I agree. anyone. Yes. Anyone that watches wrestling over the last couple of years that just kind of got brought into it during the PG era would have no idea what that meant. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, you put certain guys in there, it's it's you're still not going to look good even though the other guy's carrying you. You know, I don't think Dominic looked that great against Rollins. Whereas I think if you put Keith Lee against Rollins, Keith Lee would probably look pretty good. Not only because he has tenure under his belt from doing this for a while, but I just think that he's a better performer all around. I think he's a better athlete. You know, you look at... Plus, Rollins one hell of a worker. You know, you look at Dominic Mysterio, and I think I'm bigger than him, and I'm probably 15 pounds overweight, and I think I got more muscle on me than Dominic Mysterio does. <laughs> Quite possible. I mean, I watch wrestling to see wrestling, and that's kind of where you know I get turned off on AEW a little bit sometimes, too. Because it's kind of like flip, flop, Canadian Destroyer. Con- Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just, it's constant in almost every match. And I just kind of get turned off to it. And I'm, I I get kind of bored of it. It's like, you know, you watch the six-man tag from last week. And it was like, one buck goes over the top rope. The other buck goes over the top rope. Well, you know, Kenny hits a V-trigger. And then, you know, it's it's the same thing every single week. And I feel like with Dynamite, it's a lot of the same thing every single match. And I don't think that it's healthy. I think there needs to be a big balance. And I, I think the wrestling needs to come back to it, which is where I kind of, when the Revival were in WWE, I was very into the Revival. I let, You know, now they're FTR. I like them because they're actually wrestling. 
You see things, that's why... I like that they actually turn heel. Yeah, I like that too. But the point I'm trying to make is, like, for instance, the McIntyre finish on Orton with, the with you know, the roll-up. He hit on him and to actually pin him. It was a wrestling move that you didn't see coming because usually in any wrestling match, all their finisher, and it's either going to be, you know, a false finish or it's done. And if that and if it is a false finish, someone else's finisher is going to finish the match. You're not the day of oh anything can happen is over with. So I thought that was really cool to see an actual wrestling move being used in a wrestling match to actually win the match. I agree. I agree. It definitely was not what I expected. It definitely was not. I I think that it's kind of what's missing too is that we need to get back to that a little bit. In on television, again, also in AEW, how many how many finishes do they hit in a match? That's a false finish. Fifty on average. On average, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, there's moves. There's moves they do that could kill somebody. I mean, and somehow kick out it too. On Saturday on Dynamite, when Dustin Rhodes hit that Canadian Destroyer on Ray Phoenix. But I honestly thought Ray Phoenix was dead. It looked so bad the way that Ray Phoenix landed on his neck and his head. I thought I thought folded up. Yeah, I thought that it was I thought that he was hurt. He got back up. And then he hugged Eddie Kingston. But I, I I think that's the issue with AEW is they need to stop with the flippity flops and kinda get back to, hey, let's tell a story. The only thing that really proved with it dynamite so far in my eyes is that they have a very loyal fan base where, you know, they moved from Wednesday this past week because they were preemptive for the NBA playoffs to Saturday, and they almost got the exact same rating on cable TV's worst night possible. Saturday is the worst. Saturday night is the worst night for cable television, unless you're the UFC. And Dynamite... It was less, it was less than NXT, but it goes back to what you just said. The worst night possible. It was the worst night possible, and they drew almost the exact same rating they were drawing every single Wednesday. They had, like, I want to say it was 770-something thousand. I mean, that's really good for Saturday night. I think they were fifth in the demos, behind three of them being NBA playoff games, and one of them was, oh, the UFC fight night. So you're behind three NBA playoff games. You can't complain about that. Look, we're going to wrap it here. Next week, we're going to come back in with something new. Stay tuned to our social media, facebook.com slash killingkfabe, at kfabekilling on Twitter. Go ahead and check us out. And we're going to put up something this week so that way you know what we got going forward from here. Maybe next week we'll actually have a little bit of a debate, a little bit of discussion about something instead of just what's going on now. We're going to find something else new. We want to hear your guys' input. Guys, it's been real. My name is Mark and my co-host Chris. You guys have a good day. You have a good day. Take it easy. Check us out. Give us a follow. And we'll see you next time.